1: Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I
2: love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even
1: next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E! Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda.
2: Love Talk Radio.
1: It's your girl, LaTanya Moore, here with Real Perspectives. Today's episode is absolutely phenomenal, and I am so excited. Our episode today is Life After Divorce, Learning to Love Again, and we have two dynamic, dynamic, dynamic guests. Our first is Shantae Bogard. She is actually a family counselor and cognitive behavioral therapist. She's a published author, and she's also a marriage and family council uh, media contributor. She has regular appearances on WJRT-TV, ABC News 12, also NBC News 25, and Woman to Woman of Michigan Magazine. So, guys, she definitely knows what she's talking about. (laughs) We also have Dan Farnow. Dan actually is a Christian counselor, and he's also a published author of the book, the Quest for Marriage. Now in that book, actually an offbeat, unorthodox, humorous and a no hold bar guide for men that are for men that are going about a Christian relationship and hopefully ultimately getting married. So guys help me welcome Shantae and Dan to the show. Guys, welcome to the show.
0: Thank, Thank you. you for having me.
1: Now, I, I have to say that divorce is one of those topics that no one really likes to talk about because, of course, you know, it's it's certainly painful, and and a lot of people that I know, unfortunately, that have been divorced, you know, they always say, I'm just not going to do this again. And so, Shantae, I know in in your area of expertise, you probably see a lot of um, broken families and things of, of that nature. So, Talk with us a little bit about how you got into this line of
0: line of work well, thank you first, thank you for having me on the show and I've gotten into this line of work because I was passionate about helping individuals and as far as helping families. so I started to to become devoted to helping more individuals that are going through divorce because I find that. That's the point in their lives where they're going through some type of transformation, more like a fork in the road. You have went through this this divorce, and now you're trying to figure out who you are and where you're going to go next. And I love working with individuals that are, are pretty much at that fork in their lives where they're trying to decide, okay, so what is it, what's the next chapter? What does that next chapter in my life look like? So with that being said, I work with a lot of families, helping them um, navigate through divorce um, as far as parenting after divorce, um, getting back into relationships. What does that look like? Are you carrying baggage? So um, that's what I'm passionate about, and that's what I love doing, working with those individuals that are at that point in their lives where they're, they're trying to define what the next chapter looks like.
1: And that's awesome because I know uh, Dan, I'm going to have Dan actually come in here because Dan, of course, his perspective is, is certainly from a Christian and a faith-based perspective, and you mentioned a lot about crossroads and, and transformations and transitions and things of that nature. And so I know with a lot of folks, faith sometimes seems to be that that thing that helps them get through it. Dan, talk with us a little bit about your perspective and, and also how you got in this line of work.
2: Well, the reason I got into this line of work, well, um, just like our other guests, I also have a passion to help others who are especially in need or just encountering excuse me, really difficult obstacles. And I know it's really tough to handle on your own, so I like to get there with them to help them get through it. And even help give different perspectives because when we're in distress, we tend to have such a tunnel vision that we're not aware of other things that are all around us. And it helps to have someone else there for you. And the reason I wrote the book actually is I never really saw any Christian relationship books that were guy-friendly. They were always by therapists and pastors talking about ideal standards. But I really wanted to talk about realistic obstacles that we're going to face in a relationship and it's not this um, ideal thing. Ultimately, we're human and we make mistakes and I share my own account including the mistakes and humorous things I did.
1: And that's a great point because a lot of times when people are suffering through things and, and again, our topic tonight is divorce and so we'll utilize that as an example Everyone has this idealistic approach. Everyone has a lot of opinions. Everyone can say, well, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And, Shante, what are some tools that that you utilize when you're actually working through this particular issue with families?
0: Well, when I'm working with families, first thing I look at is I almost do like a genogram of what the family looks like. How did you grow up? Because sometimes, as we talk about um, families and divorce, there are some things to carry over in our lives that we've been accustomed to dealing with, um, how the relationship with our mother and fathers were as we were growing up. Um, we think that that is the way that things are supposed to, to be like. And when you do the genogram, you, you look at the family and you look at the family makeup and you see how that individual grew up, because that's very important. If you th- grew up in an authoritarian-type household or a lenient household or a household that lacked a mother or the father, that kind of dictates what your relationships will look like and how you would go into a marriage. And sometimes we find that in a marriage, those conflict, the way you grew up and the way your husband grew up, um, are totally different, and then when you come into one as one, from being two as one, there's conflict, and then it ends in divorce. So to to stop that from happening and being repetitive, we have to go back and look at how is it that you grew up, is it realistic, the household that you grew up in, as far as how you see relationships being? Do you feel like that you're not supposed to be Um, a a communicator, or you're not supposed to be affectionate because your parents weren't affectionate, or the way you deal with conflict, do you argue a lot, or do you sit down and talk? So what I do is I, in in the concept of therapy, I look at the family as far as um, with the genogram of how you grow up because then you're able to open your eyes and see, you know, Maybe I was not being realistic in my marriage or in my relationship, and maybe I have to change some things.
1: And that is that is such an awesome point, and I think it really goes really to the heart of what Dan was previously sharing about ideal idealism and these are the way that things are supposed to be because this is what I know, this is what what I've learned, and I know when we're also looking at past experiences i mean the the worst thing i believe that you can do in any relationship is to base what's happening now off of something that has happened in the past and so dan i know in in your book you you do talk a lot about from an a, a personal experience perspective and so what do you what do you think about this concept of looking at okay this is how i grew up these are some things that 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 I've done. And what are some what are some tools that you share, even in your book, or just or just what you'd like to share with us about how you need to view or how you view past experiences and how you were able to turn
0: those into positives.
2: Well, I think the thing I would focus on the most is really, and what Chante was saying is looking at yourself and the choices you made. I must say for the record, I have never been through a divorce, so I don't personally know what it's like. Um, when I know when I've been in relationships that did not work out well, I know it's really easy to point the finger at the other person and talk about what that person did that hurt me, but ultimately it would really just embitter me or anyone else thinking that way. So it's important to think, okay, what could I have done differently Hey, even if this person acted a certain way, what choices did I make to enable it? And to learn those lessons so then I would not make the same mistakes again. And especially through a divorce, that would be a very, you know, costly lesson. So why um go through that lesson once again? Um learn from the lesson when you can, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, it makes perfect sense because I think that, that uh again, I, I really, really love the the concept that Shantae has mentioned about really also looking at the values that have been instilled in us because however you grew up, whoever you grew up with, those are going to be the lessons that you learn. That's gonna be your, your litmus test on how relationships are supposed to work. You know, I I personally have not gone through a divorce either and so and and my parents have been married for now, I think, forty five years or, or something to that effect, possibly even longer. And so, um, how, however, even with that, we all know that even long term marriages may not necessarily be, be the happiest or or most productive. And and Shante, with with your from a from a therapy standpoint, though, what are some things that that you've seen that the people that have been successful at moving beyond the past and really moving on and healing after this? What are some tools that that they use to to make that a reality?
0: Well, if we're talking about those that stay in marriages long term, they are willing they're there for the long term. they're willing to go through thick and thin, they're willing to to challenge one another and and figure it out as they go along, and sometimes you're not able to do that, and it it ends in divorce. But when it goes to the part where it ends in divorce, we have to come to some point in our life where we realize the mistakes that we've done and what we really want out of a relationship. We have to be realistic. Sometimes we have real unrealistic expectations as far as what a marriage should look like or even what a relationship should look like. So first we need to look inward to figure out what is it that we want out of a relationship and why we're in it. Are you in a relationship because of financial gain? Because this your spouse um, is able to afford you the lifestyle that you dream about living, or are you in a relationship because you really love this person? Because if it's really defined by love and a respect for one another, then you're able to um, able to get through the rough times with one another. And, and, And just like I said, sometimes it doesn't work out because. Life doesn't. Life is not perfect, as you mentioned before. It's it's really about um, not knowing that people are not perfect. So if you go in it with knowing that each one of us is flawed, and am I able to accept the flaw, or am I just accepting this flaw right now because of the fact that this person is giving me something that I feel like I need in order to make my life happy? So we need to really look inward. And and find out what it is that we want out of our relationships, in order for us to go forward and be able to have healthy, instead of dysfunctional relationships, if it's a relationship, or or marriage, because the foundation of any marriage should start with a good friendship or good relationship with one another.
1: That's really a, a an awesome point, and and Dan, I wanna I wanna ask you uh, directly because again, I know that a lot of a lot of the things that, that you're doing are really centered around uh, Christ-based principles. And I know, you know, certainly being a, a Christ believer myself, that there there is some pushback about divorce. There is some stigma uh, certainly in those lanes with regard to divorce. What have yes. you seen, or what it what has been your experience? I because I know that you do a lot of counseling and and coaching with regard to just a Christian relationship, period. And so, what are some things that that you've seen that have either? Uh, well, I'll ask it like this: What are some things that you've seen that have been barriers to positive relationships due to uh, religious, you know, religious thought?
2: Okay. Well, first, I know some couples that want to stay together because they believe it is a sin to divorce. And in a ways, yes, it is. Uh, Christ did actually say that um, the only basis for divorce is if somebody's unfaithful to the other. Um, But in reality, it's God's heart that the couple reconciles. Um, But there's also a really good question is, let's say there is someone who is a believer wanting to In relationship, but the spouse divorces and leaves that person, um, that person who's left is actually not in sin because we're not responsible for somebody else's decision. So that's my viewpoint of it. And I think one thing that really holds a couple back in the marriage, because in my opinion, I don't believe God is pleased by a couple that just tolerates each other even though they don't get along. Um, And then I would say my biggest perspective or my Or in my opinion, I feel that it's generally couples that look at each other's flaws as opposed to positive things going on in the marriage. And the reason I say that is because in reality, 100% of things are not going to go right in our life at any time. There's always going to be something that's not going right or the way we want to. And something I've actually encouraged married couples to do, and I've seen great improvement, is to say, instead of focusing on all the flaws of your spouse, you're both changing, why don't you instead celebrate improvement? And if you focus on improvements, then that leads to good feelings, and then that also leads to more joy in the marriage and better encouragement instead of just focusing on the things that are not
1: positive. And that's a great point because, again, it goes back to really just a, a mindset change. And I think that's what Shante was saying as well, that you have to look inward, You have to determine what's going on with with you, uh, and that also leads to an examination, like you said, of what's the other person doing right. You know, we learn a lot in in the coaching business about focusing on positive reinforcement. You know, we, we reward good behavior while not necessarily ignoring but certainly shunning bad behavior and it it sounds a lot like that in in terms of of what you're saying and i i've always been very very interested because there are so many different perspectives on on divorce certainly from a a religious standpoint and like you said there there are so many different schools of thought but when we're when we're really talking about moving past divorce so we're we're saying okay how do i learn to love again and you know when we're talking about love and relationships, we're talking about trust, we're talking about forgiveness, uh, we're talking about so many different principles that, of course, are certainly, and we're, we're talking about unconditional love, you know, we're talking about all of those things that, uh, again, are certainly intertwined within, uh, you know, the Christ-believing faith. And so have you, Dan, seen any of those things, or have have there been any exercises or any tools that, You've personally worked with people uh, to help them move on from bad relationships.
2: Sure. Generally, the way I've gone about it and I've learned through ministry is it's always best to ask questions and allow the other person to make their own discoveries. I kind of look at it as exercising. I also um, exercise quite a bit, and it's allowing the other person to do their own workout and to build in strength. And especially when someone's been burned in a relationship of any kind, I'll generally ask the person, okay, how many people were you in a relationship with? And usually they'll say two or three people. And then I'll ask, okay, how many women are there in the world? Just a guesstimate, and it's usually at least a couple billion. So then I ask, is, is those two or three women an accurate representation of all the women in the world? And of course, the answer is absolutely not. And that's a way to tell somebody's thinking that um, any person they're with is not going to be um, like that person they were just in a relationship
1: with. Absolutely, that that's really great because we we know that you know there there's a there's a school of thought that you tend to women tend to look for their fathers. Men tend to look for their mothers and so in essence through relationships you're you're technically dating the same person over and over and over and over again. And I think that again goes back to what Shantae was saying about that previous relationship. What what have you been uh what have you been taught? What have you learned about relationships, about uh, communication and, and things of that nature, but Shantae, have you seen that as as a as a true representation of how things work with regard to some people are dating their mothers and 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 fathers uh, or replicas of those of those folks in their lives?
0: Right. What what I find is interesting when you when you mention women um, look for their their fathers and men look for their mothers. What happens when that mother or father? Has never been in a picture in their absence. What does that do to an individual? How does that shape how they look at relationships? When women and they're, they're looking for their father and their father was never even near in the picture, then they tend to find themselves um, second guessing who they are, what their self esteem, having lower self esteem, or being clingy, or looking for that perfect relationship that they think what perfection is. That's very true. And then when with, with men, t- it tends to be the same. When they're looking for their mother, they tend to look for someone that is willing to take care. And I won't say I won't stereotype all men, but in, in general, this tends to happen. And it brings about conflict within a relationship. It may be great at first. That person may love the attention or, or, or love being able to take care, of it. but at some point it becomes a problem in a relationship where it's like, look, I'm not your mother. Or I'm not your father, type of thing, and it causes conflict. And when that parent's absent, we have to be able to we have to be able to deal with the absentee parent in our lives. And how does and, and understand how does that affect um, my my future relationships? And when we do have those parents in our lives, uh, men tend to want the replica of their mother. It could be dysfunctional or healthy, and vice versa for women so we need to de- redefine what is considered a healthy relationship and understand what is healthy and what it is identify what is dysfunctional because that's when the wow. problems arise and then we have those serial relationships that we wow. find ourselves attracting <laughs> yes. to the same negative people that that's
1: really a great point because it a as you were talking i was i was thinking on on a few things and and mainly how so true what you're saying is that there are so many dynamics that, that affect relationships, your ability to have successful, quote-unquote, successful uh, sustaining relationships or, or the inability. You know, really a lot of it goes right back to that very first uh, relationship interaction that you have. And so it's it's very important, I know, when we're looking at, divorce, when we're looking at relationships in general, and certainly when we're looking at a lot of these concepts of of moving on. And so when you factor that in with things like religious beliefs or, or lack thereof, um, how do those impact now the way that we view relationships and how we're supposed to interact, you know, as, as men and, and women in these relationships? What are we supposed to do? What does it mean when the one person decides that they're going to leave, yet I want to stay in this relationship. So all of those things I know affect the ability to to move on. And so Shantae, I want to ask you though, when in the in the counseling space, how do you reconcile and and deal with that particular issue that that you bring up about being in a mindset where you're attracting and having these serial relationships that's typically the same relationship over and over
0: and over. First thing we have to do in the in the therapeutic realm is to come to an awareness of what you're doing. You have to find the dysfunctional the thought, the dysfunctional or negative self talk that we tell ourselves. So what I do is I help my clients define or understand or come to an awareness of what it is they're doing well. I can't come to it for them they have to define that for themselves. So the biggest part with counseling divorce, um, people that are going through divorce, people that are looking for love, is is to find out what that dysfunctional issue may be. So you, de- I have to help you deal with your baggage first for us to move on into other areas. When you're able to clear that up and come to an understanding, that's where the real work begins. That's where we're able to really dig in and and move forward and and try to, to to help you find what's healthy for yourself as what what relationship is healthy for you. Wow,
1: wow, wow. That's that's really a great a great concept, and I know that it's something that it, it's very difficult to do on your own because if you could do it on your own, you would not keep having these serial relationships these uh, completely unhealthy relationships, and so that's something that that I think is is really great, and so, Dan, I want to ask you, what has been, uh, what type of feedback or responses have you received regarding your, you know, regarding your book and regarding the whole, you know, the quest for marriage empire that you're building? What are some of the responses that you've been getting?
2: Well, I've actually been quite surprised because I always intended it to be for guys, and it's in a simple, practical, guy-friendly language. But mostly the people who have been reading it are women, and the women have been loving it. Uh, Like I said, I was just really surprised for that. And they were just saying how they just love to hear the men's point of view. And um, both men and women alike have thought it was really funny. They think it's really insightful. And like I said, they do have lots of laughs over it. In a way, okay. believe it or not, I don't really sound religious in the book. I'm very practical and I may say things that aren't necessarily from the pulpit. I actually did not grow up in church. Like, here's an example, something that I wrote to the guys. As many you guys think, okay, um, I know I struggle with looking at women the wrong way, but as soon as I get married, I'm never going to have that problem again since I'll always have a wife to look at. And I tell them, well, that's not true i've never heard a married man say that and i clue them in on some other things that they're going to encounter and i say um, quite frankly at first you're always going to see your wife without makeup she's not going to hesitate to have gas around you her body's going to start aging body parts are going to start sagging she's going to start getting gray hairs and i explained just some realities of what to expect and uh, wife is not gonna be this ideal supermodel the rest of her life.
1: Right. And so that so yeah, you have to certainly be be open to change and you have to you have to understand that things are going through going through a process. So that that's really good. And so uh Shantae, what about you? How have you because I know you also do a lot of you know, you do a lot of counseling. You know, certainly you you have a uh, a book and you've done a lot of other things in the in the media space, what have been some responses or some feedback that you've actually
0: received from the people that are following your work? Um, from the people that are following my work, um, it's nice for them to hear that someone else is going through the same thing and understanding that they're not alone, because you're not when it comes to the, the problems and adversities that you deal with. Sometimes we tend to feel hopeless because we feel like we're in it by ourselves. And the book that I have written, Temporarily Disconnected, what I do is I help people realize that their problems are not not permanent, that there is hope no matter what you're going through. If it's a divorce or you're dealing with issues with forgiveness, we discuss that in the book. And how the next step is, okay, it's okay to give yourself a pity party. Everyone deserves a pity party. I'm all about the pity party, but it does come a time where you have to say, okay, enough is enough. What do I need to do to make my life the best life that I'm able to live? And am I dependent on someone else to bring happiness into my world? And if I am, that's dysfunctional thinking. Happiness needs to come from yourself. And anyone else that comes into your life or that you allow to come into your life has to add to what's already going on, they need to add to your your healthy party, after the pity party. And they have to be able to to help you move forward in your life. So with the people that follow um, me, they're amazed to find out that, you know, my problems aren't permanent. I thought it was. I'm not in this by myself. Okay, so what do I need to do? Now you have that support. And you have someone that understands and that you're able to hear someone else's story and they're able to be your cheerleader, are able to be theirs, and you're able to, to live the best life that God has given you to live. And that comes, as a believer myself, I believe that God has instilled in us a design for our lives and he designed us for magnificence. It's just that we have to figure out what it is that we need to do, we have to be able to, to be on that journey and be able to know that we can live our best life possible, and that's what we call hope, and that's what people need. That's awesome. So, Shante, for
1: our real perspectives listeners, what, how can they find out more about what you're doing, about your projects, and if they want to follow what you're doing, where can they
0: find all that at? Well, you can find me on Facebook at Reconnect My Life, or um, you could email me if you have any questions about your personal issues or challenges that you're dealing with. I'll be more than willing to uh, uh, to email you back and respond. If you go to reconnectmylife at gmail dot com, send me a note, and I will respond to uh, to your listeners. Awesome, Dan.
1: How can our listeners Yes. Follow you and keep up with what you're doing.
2: Well, my book can be found on Amazon. You can look it up at The Quest for Marriage or under my name, Dan Farno. That's F-A-R-N-O-W. There's also Quest for Marriage Facebook page, and I also have my own Facebook page as well.
1: Awesome. Well, real perspectives, listeners. You've heard it, Chante Brigard, Dan Farno. This is Latanya Moore with Real Perspectives where we seek real people with real issues and real solutions from real perspectives. <laughs> plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.
2: The end. Mommy, let's read another. Every child needs to read, but 60% of U.S. children in poverty don't have a children's book in their home. This summer, you and your kids can help change that with Save the Children's 100 Days of Reading Challenge. See how at savethechildren.org
0: read.
1: Once upon a time, a little girl wanted to become an animal doctor.
0: Save the Children. Changing a life lasts a lifetime.